Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants edition. Today is Thursday, June 1st, 2023. My name is Henry and this is episode 19. We're going to be reviewing the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the Giants 18th, 18th series of the season saw them open a homestand with a three-game set against the Pirates, who after having a red-hot start to their own season has since come back down to earth, coming into the series at 500. The Giants were looking to keep their own hot streak alive, and game one made it look like it would happen. A five-run second inning and an eight-run seventh inning powered the Giants to a 14-4 win over the Pirates to open the series. Game two is all about the pitchers and the defense. Both teams used at least five pitchers, with the Giants using six. However, the Pirates would take advantage of a wild pitch and hold off the Giants' offense to win 2-1. to one. Game three was another hard game to watch, as Wood seemed to succumb to his own mistakes while the Pirates hitters managed to keep finding holes in the infield. The Pirates would win 9-4, breaking Giants' win series win streak. And starting pitchers were Hill versus DeScafani, Oviedo versus Brebbia opening, and then Keller versus Wood. So in Game 1, the Giants started DeScafani. He pitched well and elicited the right contact to allow the defense to work behind him. His final line was 7 innings pitch, 8 hits, 3 earned runs, no walks, 2 strikeouts. For the lineup, we had Slater in left field. He went three for six with a run, a home run of four RBIs. Davis uh, was third. He went two for four with two walks, two runs, and one RBI. Flores was at first. He went 0 for three. Uh, and then Wade Jr. would come in to pinch hit and then play first. He went one for two with a run. Hanager was in right. He went three for five with two runs and two RBIs. Schmidt was at second, and then we'd go over to short. He went three for five with two runs and two RBIs. Uh, Bailey was catching. He went three for five, two runs, four RBIs, one home run. Uh, VR was playing DH, then we'd go to play second base. He went 0 for five with two strikeouts. Crawford was at short. He had a three for three day with a walk, two runs, and an RBI. Wisely would come in to play second base. Uh, he went 0 for one, and then he would end up pitching in the ninth because we were winning by that much. And then Johnson was playing center field. He was 0 for 4 with a strikeout, a walk, and two runs. So that was 18 hits and 43 at-bats with only three strikeouts, four walks, and one home run. So Taylor Rogers was the only actual pitcher to take the mound in relief. He came out for the eighth and had a 1-2-3 inning, getting a pop-out, fly-out, and a strikeout. Wisely would pitch the ninth with the Giants up by 11. He gave up a home run. Then he would get a line out, ground out, and fly out. Uh, the Giants offense left nine on base and went nine with, uh, for 18 with runners in scoring position. Crawford, Hanniger, Slater, Schmidt, and Bailey all hit doubles. Hanniger hit two of those. Hanniger, Davis, and Slater hit two out RBIs with Slater getting two. Davis and Johnson stole bases, and the defense turned two double plays, and Slater earned an assist. Now, as for the pitcher report, like I said, Dave Scalfani was starting, and he threw 74 pitches. 35 sliders, 15 changeups, 14 sinkers, 6 four-seamers, and 4 knuckle curves. His changeups averaged 85 on the nose. His four-seamers averaged 92.4. His knuckle curves averaged 82.2. His sinkers averaged 92 on the nose. And his sliders averaged 85.9. As for all that movement, Knuckle curves had the most drop and would go away from a righty. His changeups, sinkers, and four seamers would come into a righty, and the sliders would kind of stay there, not uh, with not too much lateral movement, but some drop. 
strike zone. Uh, it's kind of like a wedge where the short edge uh, is kind of going down and in to up and away from a righty. And then the rest of it, that point is coming to down and away from a righty. He threw 42 pitches in the strike zone, 32 pitches out of the strike zone, and batter swung at 35 of his pitches and took 39. As for the swing and taking, they swung at more of his sinkers and change-ups. Excuse me, they took more of his sinkers and his change-ups, and they swung at more of his four-seamers, and they swung at more sliders than they took, and they took all of the knuckle curves. And all the knuckle curves were balls. Uh, 17 strikes, 26 balls of those 17 strikes. 13 were called, four were swinging, the four swinging, three sliders, and a sinker. And batters made contact with 31 of his pitches, six foul tips, 15 hits for outs, 10 base hits. And that's two four seamers, one changeup, and seven sliders. He had 12 hard hit balls. Five of them were ground balls, four of them were line drives, and three of them were fly balls. Behind the dish calling the balls and strikes was Mike Estabrook. He has an overall accuracy of 95% with an overall consistency of 96%, with an overall favor of plus 0.27 runs for Pittsburgh. Of his impactful missed calls, the first one, bottom of the seventh, Bolton the Bailey, no outs, runner on first, a 2-0 count, a ball is called a strike. Bottom of the seventh, Bolton Johnson, one out, runner on first, two one count. Strike is called a ball. Bottom of the seventh, Bolton to Schmidt, no outs, runners on second and third, zero zero count, ball is called a strike. His called ball accuracy, 97%, three of 97 called balls are two strikes. And his called strike accuracy was 90%, four of 41 called strikes are true balls. And it says here that the average for called strike accuracy is 88%. I don't like that. Oh, well. And honestly, if based on these other pitcher or these uh, other ump scorecards, he was the best performing ump that we had based on called strikes. So that was game one, 14 to four. Good feeling going into the rest of the series. But then game two, it was a bullpen game for the Giants, which some of these turned really into an opener situation before you let Manaya take the mound. Uh, Brebio came out, only pitching in the first inning, seeing three batters. He would get a strikeout in the lineup, but then he'd give up a home run. Kapler decided to pull him and bring in Manaya. Uh, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe for these openings like this, Brebio is only meant to see three batters anyway. Uh, or maybe if he gives up a run, you know, pull him. But who knows? Uh, Manaya would get a strikeout in the inning. Manaya pitched most innings at four. He got three strikeouts in those four innings, but a wild pitch would give the Pirates the go-ahead run, earning him the loss. Uh, for our lineup, Wade Jr. was at first. He went one for four with a walk. Yaz was in center and then would go to play right later. He went 0 for two with a strikeout and two walks and a run. Davis was at third. He went 0 for 1 with three walks. Conforto was in right. He went 2 for 4 uh, with an RBI. And then Johnson would come in to take his spot in the batting lineup and play center, would not get a chance to hit. 
Haniger was in left. He went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Sable was DHing. He went 2 for 3 with a walk. Schmidt was playing second, then we go to shortstop. He went 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Bailey was catching, went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Crawford was playing short, went 0 for 2 with two strikeouts. Then Slater would come in to pinch hit. He went 0 for 1. And then Wisely would come in to play second. He would get a chance to hit, and he'd go 0 for 1 with a strikeout. So that's five hits and 30 at-bats with nine strikeouts, seven walks, and only one run and one RBI. When you're given that many base runners and you can't scratch them across, that's, uh, that's pretty bad. Manaya's last inning was the fifth, uh, where he got a strikeout, gave up a single, a single where an error by Hanniger allowed the runners to advance to second and third, allowed pitch to allow the runner on third to score, the fielder's choice to get the out at home, and then Ryan Walker would come out to get the last out of the fifth, yet Bailey took care of that himself on a back pick to first off of Walker's first pitch. Walker would come out for the six, giving up a leadoff walk, then getting a ground out and a line out. Kapler called for Alexander to get the last out of the sixth via strikeout. Alexander would come back out for the seventh, getting two ground outs, then giving up a single. And then Junis would come on for the last out of the seventh via strikeout. Junis would also come out for the eighth, uh, walking the first batter, then getting a ground out and two strikeouts. Taylor Rogers came out again, this time for the ninth inning, trying to keep the game to one run. Uh, to give the offense a chance. He did his job, having a 1-2-3 inning with three strikeouts. Uh, the offense couldn't even get a base runner in the ninth, going down in order with two strikeouts and a flyout. They ended up leaving nine on base and went one for eight with the runners in scoring position. Wade Jr. hit a double, and Hanniger ground into a double play. The defense turned one double play, and Hanniger earned his first error for the year on fielding. So not an offensively strong game for the Giants there. Like I said, seven walks and only one run. Not the way to do it. Manaya in his four innings, threw 53 pitches, 34 seamers, 16 sliders, five changeups, two sinkers. His changeups, 87.8. His four seamers, 93.8 on average. His sliders, 80.4 miles an hour on average. Uh, the slider had the most drop and would kind of come into a righty. All of his other pitches, the four-seamer changeup and sinker would go away from a righty. And as for his distribution across the strike zone, um, not a lot that's too far away or in. There's some that are in on a righty, uh, but he kind of stayed relatively around the zone this time. Uh, he threw 32 pitches in the strike zone, 21 out of the strike zone. Batters would swing at 23 and take 30. Um, they took all of his change-ups, and looks like they swung at more sliders than they took. He threw 16 balls and 22 strikes. Of those 22 strikes, 14 were called and 8 were swinging. Uh, and the batters made contact on 15 of his pitches, Three foul tips, eight hits for outs, and four base hits. Those base hits were three four-seamers and one sinker. Only three hard hits. All of them are off fastballs, four-seamers, and that's one ground ball and two line drives. So Manaya is starting to come around uh, with his performances, especially with this formula that they've got now with Brebbia opening and then bringing Manaya out after the first inning. So uh, calling the balls and strikes, Andy Fletcher. 
93% overall accuracy with a 93% overall consistency with an overall favor of plus 1.2 runs for San Francisco. Wow. And we only got the one run. That's unfortunate. You hate to see it. But the impactful missed calls, bottom of the third, Oviedo to Davis, one out, runner on first, a strike, a 3-2 count, strike is called a ball. Okay. Top of the ninth, Rogers to Sawinski, no out, space is empty, 3-2 count, ball is called a strike. Bottom of the first, Oviedo to Yastrzemski, one out, base is empty, 3-0 count, ball is called a strike. This called ball accuracy, 96%. Four of 114 called balls are true strikes. Okay. Uh, called strike accuracy, 86%. Seven of 51 called strikes or true balls. That's not what you like to see. All right, and on to the pretty rough game to watch. This was a Wood start. Uh, his first two innings were okay, uh, but then it seemed like Wood started letting his own mistakes get to him in the third, which saw him give up four runs. Overall, he went 4.1 innings, giving up eight hits, six earned runs, three walks, and only getting four strikeouts. He also hit two batters. He also failed to cover bases in certain scenarios. He didn't cover third in one scenario. He didn't cover home plate in a scenario. Uh, really just letting him his own mistakes and giving up hits affect him and just let him slump on the mound. Um, but we hope that... Uh, Whatever it is that's affecting him, because it seems like maybe it's not just on the field that it gets worked out like it needs to, and that he'll be okay in the long run. Uh, Wade Jr. was at first. He went two for five with a run. Davis was at third. He went two for four with a strikeout. Yaz was in center. He went one for three with two strikeouts and a run. Slater would come in a pinch hit and play center field. He went 0 for one. Flores was DHing. He went one for four with two strikeouts and an RBI. Sable was in left. He went two for four with a strikeout and two are uh, two runs. Excuse me. Hanniger was in right field. He went over three with a strikeout and a walk. Bailey was catching. He went two for four with two strikeouts and an RBI. Schmidt was at short. He went one for three with a strikeout and an RBI. Wisely was at second. He went one for four with a strikeout. So that's 12 hits, 11 strikeouts, one walk, and only four runs. Very inefficient. Uh, Ryan Walker would come out in the fifth with two on and one out. Uh, as he was pitching to the first batter, he would face Bailey would catch the runner attempting to steal third. Walker would strike out the batter to end the inning. Uh, in the sixth, Walker would give up an infield single, get a sacrifice to advance that runner to second, give up another single, and then get a ground ball to Davis, who would throw to Wisely for the out at second. Wisely would attempt to throw to first for a double play to end the inning, and the ball would get past Wade Jr., allowing the run to score and the runner to advance to second. The next batter doubled, scoring a run. The final out would be the egg round out. Luke Jackson. Now, here's a feel-good story. Luke Jackson made his debut this season and was pitching for the first time since the 2021 World Series in the seventh inning. And he got a 1-2-3 inning, a clean inning for him for his first inning back from being gone for that long and it was a fly out and two strikeouts. And that's what you like to see from somebody recovering from Tommy John, somebody that's been gone for that long to see him come out and have a good clean inning like that with strikeouts. That is a good welcome back to the majors for Luke Jackson. In the eighth, Tyler Rogers would come out getting two strikeouts, giving up a single, then getting a ground out. 
The final pitcher out of the pen was Duvall. He was trying to keep the deficit at four runs. Uh, you know, maybe we can come back with a grand slam. Who knows? Uh, but he would give up a single, get a strikeout, get another strikeout. So one on, two out. But then uh, a base would be stolen. And then an infield single, which would allow the runner to score from second. The final out was a strikeout. Um, the offense would attempt a five-run comeback with three outs left, yet would come up short, striking out, getting a single, and then grounding into a double play to end the game. Overall, the offense left six on base, went three for seven runners in scoring position. Wade Jr. hit a double. Yaz hit a triple. Flores got a two-out RBI. Schmidt hit a sack fly and was, by the way, that sack fly went far. It looked like it might have been out, might have hit the top of the wall, but then Reynolds robbed him of a hit. Mm -mm. Uh, Davis, Wade Jr., and Schmidt ground into double plays. That's too many ground into double plays for one game. The defense would turn one double play, and Wisely and Sable each earned errors. Sable also earned an assist. All right, Wood, in those innings that he pitched, 94 pitches, 47 sinkers, 30 sliders, 17 change-ups. Change-ups average 84.7, sinkers 91.4, and sliders 82.6. Sliders had the most drop, change-up and sinkers went away from a right-handed batter. Strike zone. Kind of all over the place. I mean, like from down and in to down and away to right-handed batter. So 41 pitches were in the strike zone. 53 were out of the strike zone. Uh, batters would swing at 38 of his pitches and take 56. They took more changeups than they swung at. And it looks like they might have swung at the same amount of sinkers that they took and they took more sliders than they swung at 39 balls, 28 strikes, 17 called and 11 swinging. And they made contact on 27 of his pitches, 12 foul tips, eight hits for outs, seven base hits. Those seven base hits were two changeups and five sinkers, six hard hits, three ground balls, three line drives from wood. Rough, rough start for him. Hopefully he bounces back because when he's good he's really good and we just need to get more innings out of him. Eric Bacchus was calling the balls and strikes. His overall accuracy was only 90%. His overall consistency, 91%. And somehow the overall favor is plus 0 0.41 runs for San Francisco. Huh. Um. Impactful missed calls, bottom of the six, Keller to Sable. No outs, bases empty, 2-2 two -two count, strike is called a ball. Okay. Bottom of the seventh, Zestrizny to Slater. Uh, one out, runner on first, 2-1 count, ball is called a strike. Top of the first, Wood to Reynolds. One out, bases empty, 1-2 count, ball is called a strike. Uh, called ball accuracy, 97%. Three of 91 called balls or two strikes. His called strike accuracy, though, woof, 79%. 12 of 58 called strikes were true balls. That is horrendous. That's, that's pretty bad. 
And uh, I got to admit, some of the strikes he called that I saw yesterday were, were also pretty uh, pretty bad. But so this series uh, snapped the Giants' series win streak, ending it at four. The Giants are now at 500, 28 and 28. So it's not the end of the world yet. Uh, they're still third in the West. And at the time that I wrote the script for this show, uh, they were five and a half games back of the first place Dodgers, who were 34 and 23, five games back of the second place Diamondbacks, who were 33 and 23, two and a half games ahead of the Padres at 25 and 30, and four and a half games ahead of the Rockies at 24 and 33. Now, since then, and I, I feel I got to share this, the Diamondbacks already beat the Rockies. That was a four-game sweep. So now the standings in the West, the Diamondbacks are in first place at 34 and 23. The Dodgers are in second at 34 and 23. So there's they're tied, but the Diamondbacks get the lead. And now we are five games back or five games ahead, excuse me, of Colorado. They are now 24 and 34. Uh, so that little bit of change up there. Uh, we're also now one, we're out of the wild card. The Diamondbacks still did have that first spot. <laughs> uh, now it's that because Diamondbacks and Dodgers are tied, they have the West and they also have that first wild card spot. So one of them, you know, uh, neither here nor there. The next two spots, though, that's what's important. When I was writing this, it was Mets Marlins. Now it's Mets and Pittsburgh. Uh, so currently as it sits, the Mets have that second place spot, 30 and 27. And then Pittsburgh has that third place spot, uh, 28 and 27. The Miami Marlins are now 29 and 28. Uh, so Miami and Pittsburgh are technically tied for that uh, third place spot with the same winning percentage at 509, but because Miami has played more games, they get dropped, I guess. Or maybe it's a season series. I'm not entirely sure at this moment because I did not look that up. But San Francisco, either way, is half a game back, and the team that's behind them is uh, a game and a half behind San Francisco, and that's the Reds at 26 and 29. So... That third spot, it's still pretty much up in the air, uh, and it will be all year, just as every baseball fan knows. As for the Giants and how their May went, here's a plus for everybody to look at. They were 17 and 12 in May. That's a good, that's a good May. If we can just have more months like that, we'll be fine. As far as interleague, and this is important to look at because we do have an interleague series coming up this weekend, they're eight and nine. And as for runs scored and runs allowed, 76 and 76. Uh, they're also sitting at five and six in one run games. Uh, that, that needs to be leaning more toward the win column. But, and one and two in extra inning games. But we all know that. And as far as are we where we should be, their Pythagorean win-loss, yes. 
28 and 28. The Giants have scored at 257 runs and have allowed 254 runs. So we're right where we should be currently. Uh, baseball reference is giving us a 43.2% chance to make the postseason and a 1% chance to win the World Series. 1%. All right. Uh, coming up, we have the Orioles. We're coming into town. And I got to tell you, like, last year was a pretty feel-good story. You know, they missed the playoffs, but everybody was kind of rooting for them. But uh, this year, they're no joke. This is not the feel-good story anymore. These, these guys are for real. Uh, and as it sits, they're 35-21. and 21. They would have the best record in the NL if they were in the NL. But unfortunately, they're in the AL, where the Rays exist. Um. And looking at their Fangraph's uh, roster resource page for their hitting. So this is the team we're going to be facing. They're hitting. They are 15th in average, 12th in on-base percentage, 10th in OPS, 7th in runs, 11th in home runs, and 6th in stolen bases. So real quick, I'm going to pull ours up again so we can see how that compares. So average, they're the team right ahead of us. We're 16th. On base percentage, they're better than us by five. OPS, they're better than us by two. Runs, they're better than us by five. Home runs, we have the advantage there. We're sixth and they're 11th. Stolen bases, not even, not even close. We rank 23rd. All right, so let's look at their starting pitching. And this might be where we have the advantage. And if you go and look on ESPN, they do have us favored to win each game. Uh, starting pitchers, their ERA, their 21st. Giants are sixth. Starting pitchers for the Orioles whip. They're 19th in the league. Giants are ninth. Orioles starting pitchers walks per nine. They're 12th in the league. Giants are fourth. Starting pitchers for the Orioles strikeouts per nine. 19th. Giants are 14th. Hits per nine. Orioles are 22nd. Giants are 21st. And home runs per nine. Orioles are 24th. Giants are 11th. So the starting pitchers take the match up there. And like I said, that's probably what's helping us out. And the Orioles relief pitchers. They are sixth in ERA. Our relief pitchers are 21st. Their relief pitchers are 17th in whip. Ours are 15th. The early pitchers are 16th and walks per nine. Ours are eighth. They're second, though, in strikeouts per nine with us at ninth. 14th in hits per nine or 18th. And they're fourth in home runs per nine for early pitchers or 24th. So kind of 50-50 on the relief pitchers. Our bullpen has been doing better throughout the last few series. Let's hope that streak continues. Even with these two losses that the Giants just had, uh, the majority of the runs scored uh, were off of the starters. I mean, you look at the the last game, six earned runs to to Wood. So this series will really test the Giants and see if they're for real right now. 
If they take two out of three, I think it's a very good sign going forward for the rest of the season. Because this is really, at the time that we're playing them, the only team that is this far ahead. All the other teams earlier on in the season, no one's really that far ahead. And then as we moved on, the Astros weren't that great. They were struggling. The Phillies are struggling. The Brewers are the Brewers. They're struggling to maintain their, their lead up there uh, currently. Only half a game up on the Pirates right now in the Central. So a lot of the teams that we played that are historically could be good. We caught them at the right time. But now, with the Orioles coming to town this weekend, we're catching them when they're still playing good baseball. Um, and we're matching up against the projected starter, uh, Kremer, Bradish, and Wells. So let's look at Krimmer. According to baseball reference, he is five and two with a 458 ERA. Bradish is two and one with a 389 ERA, and Wells is three and two with a 329 ERA. But it's the hitting. They have six of their main nine hitters that have an OPS plus above 100. Rushman, 140. Frazier, 101. Uh, Austin Hayes, 137. Mullins on the 10-day IL, but he's at 131. Santander, 137. O'Hearn, 132. So, and they just signed Aaron Hicks, who since he's been with them, uh, he's had two at-bats, two hits, two runs. And one walk. So this will be a good series. Orange and black versus orange and black. And I think taking two out of three will be a very good sign for the rest of the season. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I truly appreciate it. If you have any comments, pointers, tips, corrections, anything, just let me know in the comments on youtube page uh i appreciate any and all feedback uh once again references for this baseball reference fan graphs uh, baseball savant um, scorecards espn uh the athletic and nbc sports bay area so i'll see you after the orioles series this weekend hope everybody has a nice weekend nice and safe weekend for everyone take care